Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sermon Podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location where each week you'll hear a message designed to help you learn more about God, grow in your love for God and others so that you can go and live a life driven by faith. Think with me for a moment. What is your most treasured possession and where do you keep it? My guess is you keep the things that you treasure in some place safe. When we have something that's uncommon, we keep it in an uncommon place. Somewhere where it won't be harmed, it won't be touched, it won't go missing. Today we're going to talk about the fact that God does something very unusual for you and for me. And that is, He takes something that's very uncommon, highly treasured, and places it inside something that is quite common. We're going to talk more about what that means today. It's an important topic, so I hope you listen closely, and I hope you enjoy this, because I believe God has something He'd like to say to you. As I mentioned, we did have we did have a great Easter egg hunt, a great Easter egg hunt this morning. And one thing occurs to me when I think about Easter egg hunts, and that is when it comes right down to it, even though our children, or maybe even, I won't tell anyone, maybe even you get in on the action sometimes this time of year, you enjoy looking for Easter eggs as well. When it comes to the egg hunt, uh, at the end of the day, the egg itself really isn't the treasure. The egg itself really isn't what our children, what the kids are looking for, right? I can only imagine if my wife Lori and I hid eggs, plastic eggs throughout our house for our three children, although our youngest Nora might need some help filling her basket at this point. And our kids ran through the house and they filled their basket with plastic eggs. And then they opened the first egg and it was empty. They probably would have thought that was a mistake. And so they would open the second egg. And what if that one was empty? And what if by the time they got through their entire basket, all they had were empty half shells of plastic eggs. I mean, I can only imagine what the reaction would be. I'm not sure exactly what the reaction would be, but I can tell you it would not be a positive one. You could probably hear the screams and yelling from our house at your house, wherever you are in the Boston area. Because it's not the egg that's the treasure, right? When you're doing an egg hunt, the egg isn't the treasure. It's what's inside that counts. It's what's inside that's important. The kids, when I watched the children bring their eggs, their carton of eggs back into the sanctuary this morning, they, didn't, they weren't happy with the fact that they had colorful plastic eggs. All they wanted was the candy that was inside. And now I don't know exactly, I'm not sure exactly how we got from Jesus dying on a cross and raising from the grave a little over 2,000 years ago uh, to hiding eggs and looking for them and bunnies hopping around. I'm not sure exactly how we got there, but somehow we got there. And you might wonder, what is the connection between the two? What is the connection between uh, this Messiah dying on a cross and raising from the dead and hiding Easter eggs? And I'm not sure exactly what the connection is, but I do want to maybe connect the two for you a little bit this morning. I told you that we're going to talk about one Bible verse and two stories from our community. And you know, I think when we start telling our stories to each other, sometimes when I look at people from a distance, their life looks perfect, and I think they have everything together. But when we start telling our stories to each other, we often start to realize we're not that different from one another. And one of the ways that I think we're similar is that we're like an egg in one respect, And that is our exterior, our shell, is pretty fragile. And I think everyone in the room, 
no matter where you come from, no matter what life has looked like for you, we all know what it's like to go out into this world and to get cracked up and broken by the things that happen. I think all of us have experienced that. Sometimes we look at other people and we think their life looks perfect and they haven't experienced anything like we've experienced. But then we start to tell our stories. And everyone has their story of walking out into this world and being broken in some way. And I don't know what it looks like for you. Maybe for you it looks like a diagnosis that was given. Maybe it's something that you did or something that was done to you. Maybe it's a broken relationship or your children have done something that's just been hurtful or your parents have done something that's been hurtful. But all of us know what that's like, don't we? To go out in this world and to have things broken up. Here's my question for you this morning. When you're cracked and broken open, what's inside? What's inside? There's a man that lived a long time ago, about the same time as Jesus, and his name was Paul. And he actually agreed with this. He, he said that you and I, the phrase that he used, the metaphor he used, he said we're like jars of clay, that you and I are fragile vessels, easily broken, easily chipped, easily cracked. The question is, when you're cracked and broken, what's inside? I think that all of us inside have some sort of emptiness, some sort of void that we're trying desperately to fill. In this first story that we're going to listen to of someone from the Mount Hope community is a, a guy named Jay, and he comes from the Burl- he goes primarily to our Burlington campus. Jay, you might actually recognize Jay because a couple weeks ago he was all over the local news uh, for good reasons. He. Uh, <laughs> He was plowing, I don't know, you might have heard this story. He was plowing a market basket parking lot when a woman was being attacked in her car and he chased the attacker away. And so he was on the news for a couple of nights getting awards and they were interviewing him. So he's actually a part of our church in Burlington. But Jay's story has a lot more to do uh, than just with just that one evening. And he's going to share a little bit of it with you. But Jay's story has to do with trying to figure out a way to fill that void that you and I all try to fill. Let's listen to Jay's story, and we'll talk a little Hi, bit. Hi, my name is Jasmili. My name is Jay. Uh, this is little Maya. And um, we live up in Salem, New Hampshire, and have been attending Mount Hope for three years. So I grew up in a Christian family. Um, since I was 10, um, my whole family has been Christian. But we came here to this country. Um, it was a little different. Uh, it, it wasn't a lot of Christian uh, friends or Christian um, families or members, so it was a little tough. Um, it was a little tough for me to continue as a Christian. I always, I, I grew up with parents that always, you know, taught me right from wrong, um, but I decided always to make my own decisions and live live my own way. Um, and then over over years of time. Um, I grew real distant from my family and, you know, lost most of my friends I grew up with because um, I chose a path that um, most people don't want to be around um, no matter how much they love and care for you. Um, I got involved with uh, drugs and a lot of other, you know, bad things. And at the time, I always blamed God for all my problems. During this period, um, there was good times, but a lot of bad times with the relationship with my family, um, my parents, my brother and sister. 
Um, you know, they always loved me and they always will, but I did so many things and was involved in a lot of things that, you know, that pushed them away. I didn't become clean until I was at a facility one time getting help and then my parents had let me know that they were moving away. Um, they had moved to South Carolina and that's when God basically gave me the opportunity like, hey Jay, you've tried everything else. You've tried having your mom help you, this place help you. Now you're left with me. So it's either me or that's it. And that's when God, I accepted God fully into my life and he completely changed my life around. Once I began um, getting clean and, um, you know, getting off the drugs, I was still left with myself. I still didn't feel comfortable, even though I didn't um, use alcohol or, or any drugs anymore. Um, but, but by praying to God and learning what God really wanted for me, over time I became became able to feel comfortable um, in my own skin without having to put anything in my body to make me feel that way. My relationship with my family now is the best I really believe it ever could be. Um, there's just so much trust in each other now, or I should say trust in me. Um, my father has became, I tell people all the time, he's not my father anymore. We're best friends now. Um, which was me and him butted heads a lot um, over time, but there's just so much love and support with each other now. You know, I feel so, so blessed that, you know, my family stuck around uh, for me throughout, throughout all my bad times, and now, um, you know, it, it, was all, it was all worth it because I wouldn't appreciate my family for what they've done for me if I didn't go through that. I'm so blessed with the family that I have now and the person that I'm with right now. Um, he's amazing. He, um, the way that guy's working with him um, is great. Um, I, I cannot be happier. I never imagined um, being married um, or having a child and I feel so incredibly blessed now. Um, what God has done for me just in the last six years alone um, I've started my own business. I've been married for a few years. Um, now we have a, a, a baby girl here that's about seven weeks old. And I couldn't, you know, ever ask her for anything more, ever feel any more, you know, happiness on a daily basis. I never thought it was possible. You know, I think all of us, when we get cracked and broken open, there is something inside of us that we feel like we need to fill. And for Jay... I mean, he tried it the way that we watch many people. Some of us have watched people very close to us try to fill that void through addiction. Maybe you struggled in that way. But maybe for you, it's something else. Maybe that isn't the way you've tried to fill that void. Maybe for you, the way you try to fill that void is you try to fulfill it by being as successful as possible. You know how to make the grade, you know how to make money, you know how to get promoted. And the whole time, the idea is that if you can make enough or you, if you can climb high enough or you can, if you can do enough and achieve enough, that maybe somehow you'll satisfy that void that's inside of you when you get cracked and broken open. But here's the thing that you know that you're not going to tell anybody else, that no matter how hard you strive and no matter how hard you try, it's never enough. 
Or maybe for you, it's not achievement. Maybe for you, it's relationships. And you've tried over and over and over again. It's family. It's friends. It's, it's a spouse. It's boyfriend. It's girlfriend. It's whatever it is that you can try and fill that void with. But you know that you've never found another person that can actually fill that void the way that you want them to. I think some of us just find ways to distract ourselves from this reality. Especially in today's world, it's so easy. As long as we're scrolling through social media, and as long as we're streaming things on Netflix, and as long as we keep our phone open and we keep our eyes and our mind busy, then we never have to stop and think about the reality that there is this void somewhere deep inside of us that we long to have filled. So what are you trying today? To fix that situation. I mean, all of us are fragile. We all get cracked open. We all get broken in this world. And we all feel, find this need to fill our lives with something. It's the reason why I'm convinced the self-help industry is a multi-billion dollar industry with a new book every single week on the New York Best Time Seller list. Because we feel this. We're looking for the answer. We're looking for the solution. That guy, Paul, that I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, who said that we're kind of like jars of clay, fragile, broken vessels. This is the full sentence that he uses. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The question is, what is this treasure? What does he mean by that? What is the treasure that he's talking about? This is what I believe. I believe that the God who created you and who loves you and who knows you, desires a relationship with you. I believe that that God can fill that void in a way that nothing else in this world could ever possibly fill you. And when you allow God to do that, God does amazing things. This second story that we're going to watch is the story of Joe and Silvana Frenny. They're sitting right over there. They're part of this campus. And it's a pretty amazing story of what God has done in their life. Let's watch I'm this. Joe Frenny, and this is my wife, Silvana Frenny. Uh, we met in 2000 at, uh, through mutual friends, and Silvana fell deeply in love with me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I said, no. who's that mysterious man? I want to meet him. And then, um, so we got married in 2008. 2008. May 17, 2008, we were married, and not even before, one-year anniversary on March 11th, it was, a, it was a rainy morning, and I decided not to go into work early, and I was going to take Silvana to the bus stop. I was going to drive her to the bus stop. So I dropped her off, and she needed to cross the street. We were living in Woburn at that time, and it was uh, Lexington Street. It's a pretty busy street. And I, I dropped her off at the bus stop, and she had to cross the street, so I watched her put her hood over her head, and she got past one lane, and then she was in the middle of a second lane, and I, I saw a car speeding down and not slowing down, and so I was trying to beep the horn. I really don't remember if I was beeping the horn because just everything happened so fast. And the next thing you know, the, it was a 1993 Mercury struck her and uh, threw her 80 feet into the air. And, um, I mean, witnesses said that they thought a trash, someone hit the trash bags and the trash bags flying through the air. So I don't even remember putting my car in park. And I just remember running to where she was hit. And uh, 
I got to her and she, she was not responding. But I just remember I continually was just calling Jesus' name. And then not, it was probably 30, second, 30 seconds later that uh, I heard her first scream. So she had woken up. So we were taken to Leahy Clinic in Burlington. And I remember just sitting in the emergency room and I can just hear her screaming in pain. And I had no idea what was going on. You know, I didn't know if she'd ever walk again, you know, what, what outcome was gonna happen, what, what other bones were broken. You know, then I remember, you know, my, our family's coming in, you know, within a matter of half hour. You know, we were just all, they took us into a private room and we were just all on our knees praying for a miracle and that she was gonna be able to recover from this. I was constantly praying, you know, and, and then in another week when I finally saw that, you know, everything was gonna be right, I was just, I was so thankful. I, I couldn't believe the miracle that God gave me. Um, so just before um, our accident happened, my accident happened, our accident happened, um, we were told we wanted to start a family um, and we're having some difficulties starting a family. Um, so we were um, told by doctors that it would be difficult for us to um, have children. Um, and we didn't know exactly what... How serious how, it was. How serious um, it was going to be. You know, one, one specialist told us um, after a procedure that, that we had, one specialist told us, he's like, you know, I hate to say it, but your chances are pretty close to zero. We would be spending nights on the computer doing research for adopt, adoption agencies. And, you know, if that's what God wanted us to do, that's what, but we were, we were just on our hands and knees praying every single night right. for a miracle. And our parents were praying, our parents were fasting for us, you know, it was just all our, our church, our pastors were praying for us. And so we were referred to one doctor that, you know, was pretty confident when he heard our story. That there was one more thing he could try. Yeah, he wanted to try one more thing. And so we did it. We had the surgery and it was, it was successful. You know, about 10, 11 months later from that, you know, we got the call on a Sunday morning that Savannah was pregnant with our first child, Sophia who's seven now. Ten years after um, all of this initial, you know, struggles with infertility and then the accident happening, um, it's pretty amazing to see how our, how our prayers were answered. And now we have four children, and um, we're just so thankful, so thankful that God answered prayers for us. It's amazing what God can do, right, when you allow him to fill the void that we have. If you had treasure, where would you keep it? If you had something of great value, where would you place it? My guess is when you have things that you treasure, you place them in very safe places. When I was a kid, my greatest treasure were my baseball cards. I had thousands of them. And most of them were worthless. And so they were in shoe boxes and they were in drawers. But the ones that had some value, 
the ones that had value, those ones were in giant three-ring binders with plastic sleeves. And those ones were protected because they were kept safe. And my guess is if you had something of great treasure, you would put it somewhere safe, right? You put your money in a bank so it stays safe. And you put your jewelry in a hidden place so that no one can find it. Put your passport away in a safe, perhaps. When you have things of value, you protect them. All of our phones, my guess are, that we have our phones on us, they're in some sort of protective case because they're valuable. We treasure them, we want them, and we don't want anything to happen to them. We put uncommon things in uncommon places so that they're protected. God does something different. He puts something very uncommon in something very common. God offers the chance to put his presence inside of you. He desires relationship with you. We are cracked, broken, fragile vessels. All of us have our stuff, don't we? I would have never looked at the frenies from a distance and thought they had gone through all of that to get where they are right now. But if we started sharing our stories with one another, we would find out we're not that different. We've all been through some things. We all know what it's like to be cracked. We know what it's like to be broken open. We know what it's like to have this empty void inside of us that we long to have filled. And I don't know if you came this morning maybe for an egg hunt or maybe because we had a child dedication or maybe because we were showing one of these videos, but I believe that God has been hunting and searching for you your entire life. And you might have questions about what we're talking about here this morning. You might have a lot of unanswered, uh, unanswered things. But yet there might be something going on in your heart and in your mind right now where you feel like this whole thing is talking directly to you. That's God talking to you. We're just a bunch of broken vessels, jars of clay. We're not perfect. I think people get frustrated with church people because a lot of time Christians and church people, they project that they're perfect and the rest of the world is a mess. The truth is we're all fragile vessels too, like everybody else. We just have a great God at work inside of us. That same God desires relationship with you. And if that's something that you're interested in, you feel like God's talking to you, when you walked in this morning, you got a connect card. And on the back of that connect card, there is a little prayer at the bottom that you could pray. And in just a moment, in fact, now I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward as we prepare to close. And as they come, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And you could take that card and in your own heart and in your own mind, pray that prayer. And that's the first step into starting a relationship with God where he comes and he fills that void that no amount of work, no other relationship, no amount of achievement, no addiction could ever fill. God wants to do a great work in and through you if you'll allow him that opportunity. I'd invite you, if you would, just to bow your head and close your eyes with me. And if you're in that place this morning, you've never experienced this before, but it's something that you would like to start, I'd encourage you just quietly, you don't have to say it out loud, just in your own heart, in your own mind, to pray that prayer that's there on the card. God hears you. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you have known God for a long time and you follow Jesus with your life, but you just needed to be reminded today that we are fragile and broken and that only God can fill us. Only God can satisfy our souls. Only God can give us ultimate purpose and meaning in life. You've been chasing it somewhere else, but you needed to be reminded today that this is the place that you need to be in relationship with him. God, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. God, I thank you that you take something very uncommon, which is your presence, your glory, your greatness, and you put it in very common places that you work in and through us, that you desire relationship with us. And God, I pray for those who are in the room this morning that are walking through difficult things. They are cracked and broken by this world. God, I pray that you would do the work that only you could do of healing and restoration in their hearts and in their lives. And God, I pray for those who today will take that first step to follow you and begin a relationship with you. God, I pray that your spirit would begin a work that starts today and lasts a lifetime. And God, for those of us that need to, needed to be reminded this morning where true meaning lies, God, thank you for the reminder. Keep our hearts and minds focused on you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. You can learn more about us by visiting our website, at mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E dot O-R-G, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at M-T Hope Belmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.